from Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. Uh, I said, and it seems like a year ago, but turning the year that I was going to do some sermons throughout the year on the cross. Um, it, it's something that I just felt like was on my heart because you can't go wrong <laughs> when you're living the cross. There's a lot of dynamics to it. There, it's, it's endless. And, and this starts one of them, one of the sermons, um, that I want to remind you that the cross makes the difference. Uh, if it's anything like the first service, it will be, it, it's going to be great. I just tell you this, be open to the Lord. Uh, are you at the cross? Well, preacher, yeah, I remember when I did. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got to start at the cross, of course, but we're supposed to be in the shadow of the cross every day. Uh, we need the cross and um, I want to share that with you today. So if you're able, would you stand with us in honor of God's word? Galatians chapter 6, uh, verse 14. Um, we find these, Paul is finishing this letter, of course. It's the last chapter of this letter that he's writing to this church. And this is one of the, this is one of the things he says. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's pretty neat wording here. It says, the world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. In other words, I'm not going to do anything, either going or coming, <laughs> that it's not through the cross. Somebody does something to me, I'm going to view it through the cross. Isn't that good? That's, that's good preaching, isn't it? Uh, what I'm supposed to do to others, I'm going to do through the cross. Boy, that's, that's good. It's good stuff to hang out there. It really is. So let's, let's pray. We thank you, Lord. I'll simply ask God today for my words to be yours and my thoughts to be yours. Every one of us, Lord, would find ourselves at the foot of the cross. No matter what our journey is, whether it's, it needs to start today, whether it needs to be refreshed today, reconciled today, maybe we're carrying a heavy burden ourselves. And I know the difference, Lord, when you're in the shadow of the cross and you're not. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd use us. We'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for what you do. For we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Um, do y'all remember last week when we preached on him, hose, hair, and television? You want me to say it again slowly? You, you remember last week when we talked about the appearances, how the church has been guilty, that we put a lot more stock on the outside before we put it on the inside? And it's almost like the old pig theory. We think we can clean up well enough to be right. And yet God's word tells us again and again and again that you got to clean up on the inside. You got to have to experience on the inside and then it will take precedent of that. <laughs> the reason I went back and did that is where I want to start today. There's a, there's a song I want to remind you of and the person who sings it. Uh, how, how many of you know a uh, uh, guy, Penrod? How many of you know him? Okay, look, look at this guy. It would just be a few decades ago, he'd get run out of the church. Did y'all know that? No, I don't think you know it. There'd been a few years ago, a few decades back, where a local church would tell him, you're not welcome here. You're going to come up in here with that long hair and even, maybe even facial hair. No, no, no. There, there's no way that you can know God. And see, what I will tell you is, what we, what's happened is that whole shift. And I'm not saying what's right and wrong. I really say this, when God gets a hold of you in here, he's going to take care of out there. And I, I think there's a lot of times uh, we get hung up in that, especially in the church. That's not what I've come to tell you today. What I want to remind you is God Penrod, he sung a song years ago, 
and um, with the Gaither Vocal Band, and it's entitled, The Old Rugged Cross Make, Made the Difference. If you've never heard it, please don't listen to it right now. But when you leave here, uh, go look it up. It'll be worth the look. And if it's not your genre of music, it'll be all right. You, you'll, you'll make it. But uh, I've already listened to it several times today. The Old Rugged Cross, listen to me, not only made the difference, but it still makes the difference. Huh. The relevance of our cross wall. I don't know if I've mentioned that this year yet. Uh, I want to share some neat things with you. Uh, the cross wall is right behind you. If you haven't seen it, if you come in the side doors of this way, then, then take some time just to walk through. It's pretty neat. There's some crosses up there that have phenomenal uh, meaning to me. Uh, it's unique. There's a cross out there that a three-year-old in our church years ago told her mom when we first started, she said, I want to put a cross wall on there. So they took two little pieces of wood and nailed them together. And she took crayons and went crazy with crayons. And you know, when, as I've introduced people to the cross wall and shown them what we've done and, and the significance of it, more people stop at that crayon cross than all the others. Huh, three-year-old. <laughs> I've had stories, at least six people that I recounted that were on their deathbed that gave me a cross. We began to talk about that. And there's something about that. You say, well, they should have more to worry about than that. But you know what I think about? There's nothing greater to worry about or think about if you're on your deathbed than making sure the cross is up to date in your life. Huh. Oh, and on and on we go. Some were just out shopping and saw a pretty one. We have some folks that have done that, and that's fine. There were other people that helped other ministries out that make crosses and but you know what? I have a couple of favorites. I already shared one with you with the three-year-old with the crayons, but uh, the, the crayon cross, I call it. But another one is a, a friend of mine out there. If you go just uh, to my, behind the uh, wall there, there's a cross that's made out of two snap-on wrenches. It's probably the most expensive cross on the cross wall. And I'm talking about that kind of expensive. I'm not talking about the, the symbolism of it or relationship that goes with the cross. Um, two snap-ons. If you don't know what that is, that's probably the most expensive tool that you can buy. And he took two different size wrenches and he welded them together. They were here visiting years ago and he saw the cross wall. It was just getting started. And, and uh, some weeks later, I got this package in the mail and, and uh, it was that cross. And I pulled it out and it didn't have a return address. So we put it up on the wall. Bo put it up on the wall like he'd been doing for all of them. And uh, later on, I talked to him. He said, you get my cross? I said, I ain't got your cross. Almost sounded like I took his cross or something. I didn't get your cross. And finally, he went on to tell me, and all of a sudden, it hit me, him being a mechanic. And uh, what, a, what a phenomenal story. Then there was another time I did a wedding out of, out of state. And a young lady that I'd known most of her life, and she'd always said, Brother Jay's going to do my wedding. And she got married several years ago, and, and uh, she's now married and has two kids. But it's a good many years ago. And uh, I go to the wedding, and, and uh, because I was the visiting minister, and uh, there, the, the one going to do the wedding, I, I got to sit down with the family party at the head table. And I sat down, I'd never met the grooms, mom and dad. I knew him for some time, but I didn't, never met them. And uh, when I sat down with them, we began to talk. And right in front of each place they had when we were being served, each place all around the room, there was, I mean, like 40 or 50 of them, there was these crosses made. And, and they were phenomenal. I mean, it's unbelievable just how tedious it was. And they had ribbons on them and they were decorated. It was just neat. So I began to inquire. I said, that's one of the prettiest crosses I've ever seen. And the man spoke up, the daddy of the groom said, I, I, I did that. And then I looked around the room, they were everywhere. I said, you did all of them? He said, I did all of them. And he was just so proud. He said, yeah, I love piddling with woodworking and, and I have a shop at my house. And, and so, that, of course, I started talking about the cross wall and telling him how it's just fascinated. I even dropped the intersection of the cross on him and the horizontal and the vertical. And I mean, we're having a big time about the cross. 
And so I thought nothing of it. We went on, had our meal, and we had the wedding the next day. And a few weeks went by, and I got a package here at the church and opened it up. And it did have a return address. I knew who it was from. He had taken pallet wood, and I have a, I have a, a love for that. The youth building stuff shows that, doesn't it, Daniel? And uh, he had taken pallet wood and about five or six different kinds. He made one of the neatest crosses that are out there. I just, I, I'm fascinated by the cross. A few years ago, I, I got this cross. It, it means more to me now than it, even when I got it. For Carol Stegall went to be with the Lord a few months back. Her and Danny were undoubtedly going out to Houston. At that time, it was the only Bucky's I knew about. But she got back and said, I got a present for you. She said, I don't want that to go on the cross wall. I want you to have it. And it was a cross that she had bought for me at Bucky's. Who would have thought? I remember Jeanette Davis at our church it was the first time I'd ever heard of Bucky. She said, Brother Jay, when you come out to see me, we were making a trip out to Houston to see her when she was going through her treatments. She said, you got to stop at a convenience store named Bucky's." And she was just emphatic. I thought, the last thing I want to do is go to another convenience store. How many of you have been to a Bucky's? Would you raise your hand? Oh, yeah. You're the reason I couldn't get gas last time I went to the one I went to. I can't believe a convenience store that's got over 100 pumps. I mean, crazy people going all up in there. Right after my ear surgery, Suzanne, I was, I was in bad straits, but we had to go to a Bucky's that's in Warner Robins, Georgia. I mean, I was, in, I was hurting. I mean, really hurting. And she drugged me off over there. She'd go to Bucky's. I sat in the car. I was hurting so bad, and I watched people come out of Bucky's. Nobody was smiling. <laughs> and, and please don't get me in trouble. I, I tell too much. I will tell too much. The only two people I saw came out, they were smiling, lit up a cigarette. They were the only two that, that smiled. Everybody else came out. They were just, I don't know what Bucky's does to you, but they weren't really happy coming out of Bucky's. It probably has to do with them 5,000 people that are in there with you. But it's phenomenal. I, I just sat there. Bucky's is an amazing place. And now I have that. It, it, it means so much to me. And one more. We just finished another Crescio here at our church. Several years ago, I was involved with Walk to Emmaus, which is a cousin of Crescio. Little difference, but a lot alike. And uh, not only did I go to one and, and, and that I served, but I also was the spiritual leader at a walk to Emmaus. Had a lot of issues that week. And the palm cross, as people get, get up and give their talks, won't say too much to you, but it was presented to me the last night of it, which was different. Doesn't usually happen. And so this palm cross is one that I think of often. I also think of when we've been through what we've been through the last two or three months, people have sent us crosses. We have a dish right now at the house that has Zane's picture on it and four crosses that were sent to us for each one of us and that were there. And things like that you'll never get over. God help us never to get over the cross. My pastor used to say what happens with a lot of Christians is they get over being saved. Hmm. Sometimes we need to remember what it was like before the cross. We need to remember where we were going before the cross. We need to remember afresh and anew today what God did and the measures that he went to to have the opportunity to be redeemed of Almighty God, to take him at his offer. So along those lines, the cross made and the cross makes the difference. Let me give you three things today. I think about the cross. The cross is our bridge. The cross is our bridge. Today, there's so many things that are out there. So many ways that people think that you can end up in eternity with Almighty God. There's so many things that we have gotten wrong and we need to clarify today. And I hope you get this. I got a visual for you. I've used this like this before, but I found this and it's really unique. We need to be reminded that what Jesus did when he came to this earth and he died for us and he paid sin's debt is he connected us to God. But many times there's confusion today and I want to show you this. Today, many, there's many people that believe that you can do enough good to be right with God. 
that it's alleged your ways and your favor, that when you stand in front of God, you did enough good, more good in your life than bad, then surely you're going to heaven doing that. And I'm going to tell you, there's no scripture that alludes to that whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all. And many times people think that's it. And then there's the thing of religion. People say, well, if we're religious, then we're going to a religious eternity, so therefore we must be right. There's philosophy. People think you can be intellectual enough or educated enough, well enough if you, if you go that route, to be right with God. And that's not right either. And also morality. There's not enough good that you can do to be right with God. You say, well, preacher, I, I, I must be doomed. There's no hope for us. If I can't be good enough, hmm, then I must be, I have no hope. But there's nobody that can be good enough. The writer in the Old Testament said, my righteousness is filthy, our righteousness is filthy rags. There's no way that you and I can be right with God in and of ourselves. But many, many years ago, God sent his only son to give us the hope of eternity. And I want to show you what happened. We have the chasm because of sin. We have a sinful people, a sinful person like you and me trying to connect with a holy God. And there's a chasm between us. If you want to be real, just point blank, that chasm is eternity. That chasm is a place that's called hell because of our sin and those things. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus came. I want to show it to you. It's pretty neat. Watch this. See, what happened is it's not about good works and religion and morality and all of those things. What we need to understand is mercy built a bridge between unholy, sinful man and a holy God. But let me tell you something. It just doesn't happen by osmosis. Hmm? This bridge is something that we understand. Jesus said it this way. He said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way. I am the way. He didn't say I'm the best way. Did he? He didn't say I'm one of the ways. He said I'm the only way. No man comes to the Father except through me. That's the reason that visual is so relevant. Now let me also tell you this. This might get me in a little trouble out there on, on Facebook, as my brother-in-law says. Instead of Facebook, he calls it Spacebook. Why, 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 aren't, why aren't Muslims taken to task the way Christians are? Huh. Why aren't Hindus or Buddhists? You don't see anybody telling them to sit down and be quiet. Why is it, especially in America, why is it that Christians are told why are, why are we the ones that seem like the bullseyes on us and the targets on our back, on our forehead? Let me tell you why. Because there's no other way. Let me say that again. Because there's no other way. Some say, who makes you right? That does. And see, today what's happened in our world is we've watered it down and we've changed the scenario. We've changed the way this happens and that happens. We're talking about good works and about religion and morality and all those things. And we think all that's going to get us to heaven, and it's not. I'm going to show you why we're going to heaven today. is because the blood-bought price of Jesus Christ was paid on the old rugged cross for you and me, and I've taken him at his offer. Listen to me very carefully. It's a bridge. Secondly, <laughs> the cross is also our badge. Several years ago, one of the neatest seven years of my life, I was asked by a sheriff to be a chaplain. I didn't know what that meant. I was already doing a little bit. They'd already called on me on different things. But he said, I want to do this thing officially. And, and I was asked, I went to school. I went to a certification school for a week. Really opened my eyes to law enforcement. 
Some of the stuff that goes on today just really bothers me. If people could see what I saw and the psychology in so much of it uh, and those types of things. But, but at the end of the week, when we got our certification that said we had actually been through the school that was there, they presented me with a badge. I have a badge. And, and I also have my identification that goes with it. I never used it much. I just want you all to know that. I, I, I didn't. It was pretty neat. I have a badge. There were times I'd got to know other folks. A couple of times a year, we got where we were doing dinners and stuff, and we would invite highway patrolmen, and, and I, got, I became the chaplain where I was used with the two police departments in our county where we lived, the two towns there. And so I got to be known. Many, there was as many people in law enforcement that called me chap as people called me pastor or reverend or preacher. And the point I want to make to you is if, if I was in a place and they said, no, you can't go in, or if I was going in, and I went into some pretty tough situations in seven years, and mostly everybody knew me. I didn't have to do it much. I don't know if I ever did it. But if I ever had to do it, the reason I could get in a certain place because I had a badge. Well, I want to remind you today that Jesus Christ provided a badge for you and me. We shouldn't take the cross for granted. Listen, I would tell you here, ladies, and maybe there's some men too. I've never worn necklaces of much, but... If you have a necklace on today, I want you to be reminded afresh and anew that you have a badge that you wear. And that badge says that you know him and you're part of God's organization. That at one time you were a foreigner and a stranger, but because of the badge, because of the certification that Jesus Christ put on you when you ask him to, is today you are no longer a foreigner or stranger, but a fellow citizen with the saints of God. And we have a promise today that one day the trump of God's going to sound and the dead in Christ who have that badge of the cross on their life are going to be raised. And we which are alive and remain who have the badge of the cross on our life are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Some of the ushers were saying, preacher, don't get too loud like you did in the first service. We heard you while we were in our small group. Well, I just did. You know, sometimes we need to get excited about the things that should excite us. I'm assured for heaven as if I was already there. You know why? Because I have a badge. Do you have one? Have you been certified before Almighty God? Good dogs might go to heaven, but good people don't. Blood-bought people go to heaven. It's our badge. <laughs> good stuff. It really is. See, it defined, that badge defined the position I had, and the cross defines, I got this for you, the cross defines the position I have in Christ. Why are you going to heaven today? Because I've been to the cross. And I asked you today, you're going to be invited to do that in about 10 minutes. But where does the cross stand in your life? How, where are you? Hmm. Let me give you one more. Not only is it our bridge and our badge, but it's also our birthmark. Did you know, and I've been guilty of this in the sermon. I, I bet I've said in the sermon before, everybody's got a birthmark. I did a little research, and they say only about 10% of people have a birthmark. Look around. If you don't have one, somebody else here does. 10%. Just 10%. I thought it was pretty unique. But while I was fascinated by all of that, it, it really hit me. I wonder if that's not a picture of eternity. That humanity today, that we've sort of confused it and think every, we think everybody has a birthmark. But not everybody has a birthmark. If the cross is our birthmark, then the only people that are going to heaven have been the ones that the birthmark has been placed upon them. It's really unique. I'm going to have a good time with this because some of these people in this room. But it's only the ones that have the mark of the cross are the ones going to heaven. 
I've been stamped. I've been labeled. I've been tagged. I've even been tatted up with the cross. This fascination that people have with tattoos is amazing to me. I don't have any. But if I ever get one, it's going to be a cross. It's going to be a cross. I'll tell you what the cross is going to say. It's going to say him on the vertical. What's it going to say on the horizontal? Them. Because that's what the cross is about. It's about him and it's about them. I got a challenge for you today. I have absolutely no fear in offering this as a challenge to the church. No fear whatsoever. Because of COVID, people watching on Facebook and stuff that's going on. No fear at all. Here's my challenge. April the 17th is Easter. If there are a thousand people at this church through sunrise service, my daughters are smiling. They see this coming. Sunrise service and the two services on Sunday morning total a thousand people. And I don't care if you go to all three just so that we'll get there. Your senior pastor will get a tattoo somewhere on his body. That's my challenge. Not doing it for 980. I'm not doing it for 870. I'm not doing it for people who can't count. A thousand. I see people whispering to each other. That'd be a great day. Hmm. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to put it. I'm not going to tell you how big it is. But listen to me. The cross made the difference. It opened up redemption's door for you and me. But it also, it also still makes the difference too. Hmm. Listen to me. Let's end here. But listen, I want to give you some things. I want you to write this down. I want you to take out your phone. If you have a, a note app, I want you to take out a sheet of paper. You don't take notes. Take this down, okay? Or you can take a screenshot with your phone, a picture, they tell me. I always get it wrong. I say the wrong things. Not a screenshot, but a picture. Sorry, Abby, shaking your head. A picture of when they, the, when they all get up there. But I want to show you something about the cross, all right? I'm going to give you three thoughts. There's six words that go with it, okay? But here's what I want you to remi- remember about the cross. When, when, this is what I remember. First, there's the spot and the stain of the cross. So write that down, or when it all gets up there, you can take a picture of it. The spot and the stain of the cross. Preacher, what are you talking about? Let me tell you something. If you don't remember the spot that you came to the Lord, then today needs to be your spot. I don't say that enough for people. Sometimes I think we assume everybody knows the Lord. If you don't remember when you came to him, there's a pretty good possibility, a major possibility that you don't know him today. Maybe if we went back to that slide, you might be banking on the good works and the morality and the religion and all of that. There was a time in ministry for me, a 77-year-old lady walked down the aisle on a Sunday night and received Christ. I was blown away. I thought, surely she come to church all the time. But I found out in praying with her that I don't know the Lord. And God showed me tonight that I don't know him. Hmm. Did all that stuff, but I didn't know him personally. God gloriously saved her. And when she passed many years later, I had the opportunity to tell that story. Many tears running down people's face to tell that story of someone who came to know the Lord. It's a miracle at her age, they say, research says. But there's a spot. But I'll also tell you this, listen, there's also the stain of the cross. Hmm. So much division in our life today in our world about race, about the color of somebody's skin, 
about what kind of group they're from and that kind of thing. And, and we've done so much a dividing with appearance, haven't we? Isn't it sad sometimes that we would, we would cast somebody away and we don't even know them? We've already summed them up and we don't even know who they are. We don't know their personality. We summed them up the way they look. That's so sad in American history, to be quite honest with you. But you listen to me very carefully. God's only got one color. You know what that color is? The color's red. Hmm. It's not white. It's not black. It's not brown. It's not yellow. Whatever other color pigment of skin you want to come up with and what other kind of thing we want to talk about, God's only got one color. When I stand in front of God Almighty, you want me to tell you why I'm going to heaven? It's because the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to who I am. That's it. And you know, that's what the church needs to be talking about today. We don't need to be dividing. We need to be unified in understanding that. Hmm? So the, the cross makes a difference because there's a spot. I can take you to the spot. Could you take me to the spot? Could you take your pastor or me, if you're visiting today, could you take me, could you tell me the story, could you articulate to me the story, the spot where you came as a sinner and God saved you? The spot. Huh? What about that stain? My life is forever stained. I can disappoint God, but the stain is still there. Hmm. Hmm. Good stuff. Let me give you another one. Also, the cross makes the difference. And I remember these. Secondly, there's the sweat and the splinters. Church, we need to hear this. Somehow or another, we made it so namby-pamby that anybody and everybody and everything, anything goes. And there's no effort. There's no energy. You know what I'm talking about? We give more credit to the devil than chasing us than to realize that the, Jesus pulled his teeth and we have the power of Almighty God on our life. Sometimes we sweat. Sometimes it's hard. Hmm. And don't just think I'm referring to the last two and a half months, but it applies Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the wood on our back has splinters. How did we get so easy at this thing that we think the cross we're toting around is a little old cross in our pocket and it doesn't cost us anything? We need to be reminded that the cross that we have, that Jesus bore, was hard. And sometimes he expects us to carry a heavy cross. Don't give up. And what I found out is when you do the right thing at the tough time, more people will see him. Hmm. We want it easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus. Father, if there's anything that we can do, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We've got to sweat. And there's splinters. Sometimes it's hurt. Sometimes it's heavy. But bless God, it's still the cross. And the cross makes the difference. Thirdly, remember this about the cross. <laughs> love it, I love it, I love it. The shadow and the safety of the cross. <laughs> what, what's going to sustain us? It's when you're in the shadow of the cross. When life's beating you to death, the sun, you're parched. Your lips are parched, thirsty dry what's going to sustain you is when you feel the comfort of the shadow of the cross mm. to know that God's got it mm. redeems us the shadow of the cross reminds us I should say the shadow of the cross and then the safety of it isn't it good isn't it great news to know that Jesus has got this now I am talking about my personal life now these tears are about where we are. But I've got great news for Jay today, and I've got great news for you today. He didn't bring us this far to let us down or let us go. 
that I am under the shelter of the Almighty, the shadow of the Almighty. I run to him and find safety today from whence cometh our help. God, help us to be reminded of that today, that the cross makes the difference. I just got to get to the foot of the cross. And when I get to the foot of the cross, God will meet me there.